I just finished watching the first episode of Hellstrom. It's Hulu's newest series, rated MA, so don't be watching it if you're two years old. It's about the Hellstrom family. Uh, there's this guy named Damon. There's his mom who's possessed. There's his sister whose name is Anna. She's like a vigilante. Uh, and then their father was a serial killer. All this information we find out basically at the very end. Up until then, you're kind of left flitting around a bunch of different storylines throughout the episode. And then they all converge, and you realize, okay, this is all the same family. Yeah, this is a show that was created by Paul Zbyszewski. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it, but I'm, I'm just going to call him sure, Paul from I'm now sure on. I'm sure that's how it's pronounced. Um, Paul Zbyszewski. He's uh, basically the showrunner, and he has worked on things like Lost, and he was the creator of Daybreak, and he also wrote the feature film After the Sunset, which I Wasn't believe Wasn't Daybreak had... another vampire movie? Uh, yeah, it was, I think. Okay, because then... I think there's vampires in this. I wasn't sure. There's, there's yeah. something that, like drinks people's blood well when i was reading like kind of the summary for this show it seemed a lot a little bit like supernatural like you're dealing with two dysfunctional siblings who kind of go around and like meet those them. those dysfunctional siblings again anna and damon they actually don't meet throughout the episode until the very very end damon who's sort of the main character he's a teacher but he's also like an exorcist uh he goes into places and uh find he has superpowers so we right, find that yeah. out pretty early on. That's why I compared him to Constantine when I first watched it. And uh, he, he kind of has the same attitude as Constantine, where it's like, I can't be bothered. Um, he doesn't like the tropes of normal exorcisms. Is he very, like, hardcore? No, no, not at all. He's more just, like, uh, a jerk a little bit. And he doesn't really have the time to spend with Gabriella, the sister nun, um, because she's like a spy for the Vatican a little bit. She's reporting back to them and saying whether or not she thinks that this should continue. And apparently uh, exorcisms are up lately because, or possessions are up lately. And uh, he's like, he actually can do something about it and no one else can. So, right, yeah. yeah. Who plays Damon Hellstrom is Tom Austin. He's had the main role in a couple other TV shows like Beaver Gals, Joe, The Sorry, Royals. Beaver Gals? Yeah, I believe that's how you say it. And then The Royals and obviously Hellstrom. Um, but what about Anna? What about Anna? She's like uh, dressed in this white suit when we first see her. It kind of reminded me, um, it was reminiscent of the preacher girl. Um, not the main one, but like one of the villains. Uh, in fact, she looked exactly like they had taken that look for her. <laughs> yeah. um, and she just like goes around. She also has superpowers. And she goes around killing people who I guess uh, have murdered people beforehand, like Dexter. But be, she does it with her power. Right. She's able to see like what they've done to other people, how they've hurt them. And I think it's because her father, who was, a, again, a serial killer, kidnapped her when she was a kid. Took her away from her brother and her mom. And she just, like, I guess her powers came out or something. Yeah, she, she's uh, played by Sydney Lemon, and she's been in television shows like Law & Order, SVU, Fear the Walking Dead, as Isabel and Succession as Jennifer. And then we have Elizabeth Marvel, who plays Victoria Hellstrom. Uh, she is Damon and Anna's mother. She's yeah, probably... so Elizabeth Marvel looks a lot like Allison Janney, and I know she's gotten that for other roles, too, because I've seen her in Homeland and Unbelievable as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. And she, she looks exactly like her sometimes. But in this role, she's not like a young woman or anything, but they've obviously ageified her because she's playing a possessed person. And the one thing I didn't like uh, starting off the show was that they kept on doing that thing where they're like, was it her? Or you don't think it was him? Like they would never actually tell you who they were talking about was, yeah. until like way later. And then they would kind of make it anticlimactic because once you knew who it was, it was just like, yeah, why didn't you just say that to, from the get go? <laughs> why didn't you say, oh, was it my mom? 
Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's Damon's mom who's possessed. And again, she wasn't always a bad person, but her, her like her husband obviously was the evil one to begin with. But now she has like this really dark spirit inside her. So we only get like a split second where she's playing uh, the mom character. And all she says because they're stuck in a room with her is run. So no, OK. You know. Yeah. So they were trying to keep you in suspense, but it didn't really work. It seems like uh, the plot in the comics is that the show. It's not that like it's suspenseful in the way that a CSI show is suspenseful. Right. So like that's why I meant when or that's what I meant when I said that this could be taking itself too seriously because the first episode didn't feel like a week by week story monster monster type thing like it was presented in the ad or like you just talked about with supernatural it was presented like it had a like a six episode story arc that it was going to go through yeah it didn't feel like there was individual cases they were setting something up for the long term okay like they set up a major villain someone who like came out of a casket that had like a spider casket yeah so like you got close to it and then the spider part like came in like a venus fly trap and like caught you and then that guy like in men in black the first one where the cockroach dude was like possessed the whole time yeah yeah, like, that's what that guy has become. He used to just be the guy who was breaking into the casket. Now he's the villain. Yeah, okay. It's kind of like The Mummy or, like, so many shows have done the same type of trope that it's hard that when this show does make fun of tropes to then see it yeah. fall into one. And Hellstrom is a Marvel character, and his um, plot in the comics is that uh, he is known as the Son of Satan. He first appeared in the first ever Ghost Rider back in 1973, and was featured in Son of Satan for Marvel Spotlight. So. Yeah, so the word Damon has been used so many times to be the son of Satan. And, like, in several instances, he's, like, the hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way of the spelling always changes. It's never just D-A-M-O-N. It's always, like, D-A-E-M-O-N or D-E-A-M-O-N. And in this one, I think it's D-A-I-M-O-N. I mean, just stick to a spelling. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess it's almost like a nod to the audience that they're trying to make fun yeah. of something. But what's his powers? Uh, his powers is that he can project almost any magical achievement. So he's like Harry Potter, Bond. I think they've probably like lowered those down, tempered them I down. Was, for I was going to ask, yeah, because he seemed like incredibly powerful. The only time we see it is that really at the very beginning, he makes a fire circle just to kind of scare a kid to admit that he's not actually possessed. Because mm-hmm. at the very beginning, you get this kid who's written like six, 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 and then on the wall with his own feces and it's like speaking in latin and then he's like i'm not buying it this holy water wasn't real and it was like yeah that's pretty (laughs) obvious so it did feel like supernatural in that sense where it was like obvious to the um audience you weren't going to be tricked or anything yeah unless you were like brand new to this type of show yeah and uh just as a side fact damon hellstrom uh later marries in the comics patricia walker and that character was a regular in jessica jones the comic books and the series so how does lucifer fit into the whole universe with uh this daemon guy because aren't they both like kings of hell sort of i mean yeah well the thing about daemon is that he's the son of satan but he more just like i kind of see him as like almost a thor comparison compared to lucifer huh okay um, so he's like more powerful than lucifer yeah you think? from what from the research I, I was doing yeah not in this show like it looked like the demon in his mom the one possessing the mother's character right. was just as strong as him and at least in the lucifer tv show um i know that he's got like almost superhuman abilities yeah. at certain sense like he he can literally persuade people to just do what he wants yeah no, i remember from the episode i watched yeah, yeah that, that's just what i remember from the research so it seems like they really have like lowered and i think they did the same thing with constantine and they usually do with comic book 
characters otherwise it would yeah, be it would crazy be, it'd be like one punch man i'm just trying um, to think about how it would fit into like the marvel movies i just don't see how they could fit in a demon character because this is a very religious aspect yeah show. and even marvel it's been like kind of speculated that marvel might have like not been a big fan of the whole entire fact that they kind of put religion into this thing well how can you even not? dropping <laughs> even dropping the name marvel hellstrom to just hellstrom so his name um, is wait what marvel the, the show oh, the show okay, is supposed yeah, to be i got marvel. you <laughs> yeah like... so so um this show is really the last show to premiere outside disney plus for the foreseeable future anywire said um just because i think you know that's obviously why they canceled uh stuff like daredevil and jessica jones and uh all that stuff from netflix but i wanted to ask on the scale of like those uh tv shows is this more like a cw friendly type show or is this more kind of trying to be as gritty as those other ones as gritty, I never really considered a Marvel show. Well, I mean, that like gritty. Daredevil was pretty violent and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't have the budget to do super action sequences or anything, but there is a lot of formulaic banter between characters, and then um, some moments where they go sort of detective show on you, and so you have like a group of people around a computer doing research, and that part's like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's Law and Order for too yeah, much definitely. for me, but. The ending, I guess, when they finally get to the climax, to the point of the episode where uh, Sister Gabriella and all her wisdom and all the warnings they've given her actually (laughs) goes in to see the mom's character, even though she's not supposed to, Um, then uh, and they start fighting. The mom's character goes into this long monologue which dumb thing to do as a villain like <laughs> yeah. come on just it's kill like her the number one role. i think that would have been the best thing in the episode if they had just killed her off because it would have been so surprising that I, as a plot device i would have been more encaptured in right like, you have been like, i would have been i would have been like this isn't what i was going off of at all and this right, changes yeah. the whole yeah. dynamic of everything but of course damon comes in saves the day uh we do get this weird symbol that the mom's painted on the wall uh, which they're trying to decipher the whole time, and it ends up being an ideogram, meaning consumption, which is translating to the fact that the demon is consuming the mom's body. Right. But also, the main doctor who had taught Damon when he was a kid, uh, Dr. Louise Hastings, um, she is the one who first, well, we'll get into her later, but she is coughing up blood at a certain point. And so I think she has consumption, yeah. like TB, she, yeah. tubercul- tuberculosis. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's the kind of plague that's been set upon, um, at least to begin the series. And uh, what they do now, I, I don't know. Yeah, and Louise yeah. Hastings is played by June Carroll. She's from such stuff as Mindhunter, Bosch, and Heathers, and she's the head of the psychiatric hospital. As you were kind of saying, I wanted to ask, Marvel has been going into a weird direction of horror because, like, with new movies like New Mutants, the sequel to Doctor Strange, now television shows like Hellstrom, it feels like they're just trying to go in a different direction for the new era ever since Phase 1 ended. Um, why do... Well, this show is so different than the Marvel Universe. Like, I think of... Um, new mutants as x-men centric like it's an x-men movie it just has a little horror in it it's not like anything earth shatteringly different this again falls into that whole constantine vibe where it could be a dead show by the end of the season and no one would ever really connect it to marvel like his superpowers aren't that enormous or anything so far that it really separates itself from say sherlock with an extra power <laughs> yeah. Uh, set. Yeah, he's he's also a little damaged, obviously, because his whole family has been dealing with, like, uh, horror their entire lives. Yeah, like, he yeah. has this scar on his chest 
that he tries to get tattooed, I guess, a lot, yeah. but that no tattoo will actually cover because it's like got yeah. some imprint from his uh, from him being an actual demon. And that's from the comics on his chest. He has a star. Um, but IndieWire say that there are some instances of mild self-mutilation, a handful of predictable jump scares, and a one-eyed skull <laughs> that makes a man I was about to spider. say, the one jump scare I can even think about is when the sister is, like, putting her hand on this Cyclops skull, and it, just a little teeny eyeball pops up, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, well, that's, that's, I, lo- I look, look at my notes, it says, little eye jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, we had a, several tropes at the very beginning, you had the self-typing keyboard that was writing no mercy. Um, and then you had the creaky door and then you had the shattering of glass and then you got the dead security guard it all falls into like the stuff you'd expect to see but with a show like this i assume they didn't have the biggest budget in the world so they again were doing it formulaically yeah right yeah i I mean no that is true i some reviewers have even said that like the comic books are a lot more like colorful and have a lot more stuff going on. Well, oh, this, this show is not a was very show. strange and blue tint and said a lot. It was sent like a lot of dark rooms and the editing has been described as like really awkward. Yeah, they, well, I wouldn't say it was awkward. It was just basic. So you got Salem, Oregon, San Francisco, California, Colma, California, and Portland, Oregon. But all whenever they would just t- show you the title cards yeah. with it they give you one exterior shot and then the scenes would look like they were shot in the same place like it was all that blue tint <laughs> everywhere it didn't matter if you were in california or if you were in uh, salem oregon they were just basically <laughs> saying this is where we are now so that you wouldn't get confused yeah <laughs> I don't know. no i mean yeah the coloring has been described as just off cindy lemon even said it, it does take its root in the comics But we sort of use it as a jumping off point. Uh, The series, you can expect something that's a little more psychologically dark and daunting and full of scares and horror. And um, I felt like that was almost her trying to give an explanation for why it's not really closely related to the comics. Because like I said, this is very, very loose. What's the Corey Stahl show that came out? The Strain, right? Yeah. Like, it feels a little bit like that in tone where it wants to kind of scare you. But maybe it's because they rely on backflashes and kind of just like a folder to inform you. But it never reaches the point where you actually feel frightened about anything. Yeah, and, and it feels like it was very surface level. Like some of the answers that the cast gave to describe the show didn't feel like it really explored anything. It says that the show is packed with terror, particularly in how it explores humanity's inner darkness, saying they balance the good and evil sides of their characters. Um, that's how Elizabeth Marvel described the show. And that just doesn't feel like it. Like it's going in-depth enough, I feel like. At the very end, there was an ad for the upcoming like episodes and the last line of that ad was last thing the world needs is a hellstrom family reunion like it was like hinting at oh damn what, was what's that gonna like come up next yeah was that in but, text or was that like a narrator that said that no it was the guy like that's obviously gonna oh, be said okay, by someone okay, later yeah, on in right, the series yeah but like by the end of this episode you had a hellstrom family <laughs> reunion so we're already there and we kind of know what that brings and what the cost is going to be to that it didn't seem like it was all that daunting so yeah. far and it was it's supposed to be 10 episodes but really this show was supposed to be kind of a starter for a possible universe called uh, a universe strangely called adventure into fear but instead as of now has no connection to any other type of mcu adventure um, into fear yeah that was what it was so would you compare it to what was it the dark universe that um, yeah. warner brothers was yeah. trying to create? yeah uh, yeah okay. basically in fact i saw an article that compared it to that and it, uh other shows like ghost rider fell through that they, that was supposed to happen but then they marvel was just like no um yet holstrom was already in post-production as kind of adventure into fear was failing so the producers let paul 
uh, complete the series. Again, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, but Marvel had also canceled other shows during that time, like Runaways and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it seems like they're really trying to get, go into the... I never watched Runaways, but what was that one about again? A bunch of teenagers with superpowers. Was it on Hulu? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I remember it. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, but the execs, uh, as Paul was finishing up these episodes, canceled uh, people's contracts, saying the reasoning uh, being for the pandemic. He canceled the actors' contracts? Yeah, the executives did. Oh. Uh, and like and even are uh, they like directors. mad about it is this like an ongoing like thing well at this point it just seems like the show isn't going to be picked up for another season oh um, okay yeah I, like also so was he like freeing them to go do other things then i i just think that once the ghost rider deal fell through they were just like you know what we're just gonna stop this thing because that that basically ruined their whole entire plans and also the show wasn't promoted as much as other marvel television shows like i didn't know what the show was about before i started doing research on it but um to give a little backstory before that hulu ordered the show in may 2019 uh giving the show to paul as he gave the series heart humor and action and filming took place in the fall of 2019 in vancouver canada and wrapped up just before the pandemic lockdown in march of 2020 so yeah well i don't see the heart quite yet um they're probably going to try to match up the gabriella lady and the damon uh dude Mm -hmm. um the other show or the other movie i would compare it to is um hellboy because again you have a harbinger of evil like uh, demon character son of satan yeah or something. it seems like they always like come from either like heaven or hell or yeah and they're like always that. like on the side of humanity at first and then something tempts them later on in the series whether it be a death or something of like yeah, some sacrifice that they have to do yeah. and then they have to become the evil thing for like a minute amount of time and then it's saved <laughs> and then everything so i've just written the script that's that's basically yeah. how it's gonna go but if there it is a one-off like one by one episode where you get like different monsters each week it might actually be okay like it might yeah, be yeah I, I was gonna ask if you thought that there was potential there and it sounds like there is it's not in also episode seven i didn't despise any of the characters yeah and episode yeah. seven is when apparently the show kind of picks up that's when damien Jeez, is, is seven how many yeah, episodes are there ten okay uh but damien is offered a proper hold up i don't want to go into spoilers okay well then i'll just say that reviews haven't been the nicest to this thing ign gave it a three out of ten saying that were there any positive reviews um, I mean, you got 39% on Rotten Tomatoes and a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot yeah, of praise. not a uh, positive well, review. <laughs> well, I mean, 39 people have, 39% have given it positive reviews. And people have said that the visual effects are good, but that it just has uninteresting characters. However, when I go to the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 90% off of 61 reviews. So there, that there are several parts where they could have improved this episode. The first part, I think, is when they introduced the beginning possession. The guy walked up there all snarky and he was like, all right, I got this fake hole water i'm gonna trick this kid and like it would have been cool if the kid had actually been possessed and we would have been able to see maybe not a full-out fight scene obviously but maybe the main character get tricked for once yeah to kind of show that they're not this infallible yeah 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 and not just show off their talents um the other one was as i pointed out if they had killed off gabriella at the end of the episode and kind of thrown a shockwave through what we came to know up to that point um and so, yeah, those two things would have been, I think, more. And then maybe the sister's storyline. We got her in several parts where she was kind of going through a mystery. Like, she was like a Bones character where she literally had the skeleton or sorry, the skull and the guy's eye missing from that thing. But also like her father's artifacts from the stuff that like all the people that he murdered. Right, yeah. She almost touches them. And you're going to get like some sort of, I guess, closure for her. And <laughs> until her brother contacts her and says, hey, we need to talk. 
she doesn't her her plot line kind of ends after she murders the guy uh, so that makes sense yeah, no that it does yeah. um it has a 6.7 on imdb the episode you watched had a 7.7 just that was it wasn't off awful again i again i didn't hate the characters i didn't think the episode was awful i just didn't find it, it as far as a pilot was concerned if you told me the rest of the show was really great i would believe you but it didn't present in a way where i was really excited about seeing right the rest it, didn't, of the it didn't capture you in the first episode uh, npr described the show as in an age of streaming abundance teaming with series old and new that present hours and hours of stories to lose ourselves within Hellstrom's unique circumstance as an abandoned one-off sort of stylized sort of marvel property that rides the line between spooky and hokey like it was born to it will appeal to some viewers so if you're like spooky and hokey spooky and hokey is where like they didn't try to be hokey in this episode it just kind of came across across that way unintentionally right yeah Yeah. exactly i think that's what npr was saying from the title of the episode, Mother's Little Helper, I assumed it would be like a Bates Motel type thing, but it really was just the fact that he was the son of the possessed character. Right, yeah. But I think that it was just kind of meant as a joke. And they tell us that the family isn't, like, it, it, they were cursed because of what the father did, and that the mom's character was possessed because she found out about the father's secret or whatever. Um, but her name is Victoria, and so it's all theologically like if she wasn't destined to become this evil character, then it's super convenient that she just randomly was named Victoria. Because if her name was just like Sammy or something, like it wouldn't be nearly as intimidating <laughs> or like as scary as some demonic Victoria. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of like the coincidence of Scar and the Lion King where they name. Well, Scar no, that's on purpose. Such... Like it's clearly on purpose. They wrote her character that way, but then they give us a plot direction that says, "Oh, it could have been any woman that met the serial killer husband that then had this baby that was a demon." Yeah, no, whatever. Yeah, so I guess that's our first review on the show, and uh, if it makes it to a second season, that'd be definitely surprising. Gonna do, no, we're definitely going to do another episode if it made it to a second season. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Bye. Bye.